0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Spit Down Podcast. I'm your host Jane Day, and today I'm here with Coach uh, Daryl Miller. He is a uh, NCAA, NCAA scout, also wide receiver trainer, located out of Texas. Coach, uh, he also hosts a podcast. There's a lot of things. Um, so, Coach, I appreciate you coming on today and um, talking mm-hmm. some football with us. And um, yeah, we appreciate you coming on.
1: And I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, I know we've been trying to catch up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a while now. Right, me. right. It so, uh, they finally the stars and now we're here.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, that's it. You're here. So um, now, Coach, since you, know, you, you are in the college realm also, so what would you say that, um, you know, also being a receiver trainer, that, you, that college coaches, scouts, uh, they, they look for when recruiting um, guys at that position?
1: So for a receiver position, there's a, there's a few things that you look looking at, right? Obviously, everybody wants speed, so you want to see what the guys can stretch the field. Um, and then you want to look at length. And then you want to look at arm length, right? Um, can they go up and get the ball? Can they create separation when they're running their route? Because not everybody runs a 4-3. Now, like I tell guys all the time, just because you don't run a 4-3 doesn't mean you can't separate from a DD. So you need to be able to, to run a route. They want to look to see how guys get in and out of their breaks. They want to see how you, if you can drop your hips um, and get out of your break. Do you accelerate out of your break, when you're coming out of your break. Um, So there's a few there's a few things that they look at, but obviously speed speed and height um, are the two biggest biggest factors, in my opinion.
0: Right, right, and you mentioned um, you know, route running. How huge uh, is that for that for route running to be so crisp, and for that um, you know, that, that skill to be, um, you know, honed in on, and to be really just a master of it, especially as you go throughout the collegiate level and to the professional level of football.
1: So to me, um, it's, it's huge. Cause a, so we had a tournament this weekend, I also have a 7-on-7 team. Um, I have two of them, and we played this weekend. And, and I and I tell the guys, man, this is 7-on-7. Just catch the ball, right? If we're not running the ball. We, all you doing is catching the ball. So you're a team. So as a receiver, um, you're running around Yeah, you have to block. You have to, you know what I mean? Those other things. Right. But when you're talking about a wide receiver, you have to be able to run routes. If you can't run routes, and you can't create separation, <laughs> and you can't catch the ball, then you're not really a receiver. Go play DB. Um, <laughs> but, but, but uh, you have to be able to run. Route. You, I mean, that's, that's highly important.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think they say like a herd that um, basically DBs are just receivers who can't catch, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, so, but I mean, no, and like you said, that's extremely important. I mean, you look at guys like, you know, um, in leagues such as Devontae Adams, uh, Justin Jefferson, guys that are just so, I mean, crisp and amazing with their route running and, you know, how they're able to get open, um, you know, and I mean, even if they're, and they're not speedsters, like you said, because not everybody's going to be like Tyreek Hill and just right. blaze down the field. Um. Right. So what would you say, like, you know, if, if a guy's not super fast if speed's not his thing, then, you know, but he's more... A bigger type receiver you know um, guy that he's gonna catch those 50 50 balls you know what what um, what are you looking for as a coach looking to help him improve or help him grow as a player
1: so a lot of people don't realize I think Jerry Rice ran what four six four seven right yeah Barry Sanders was the same way yeah four six four seven type of guys and they were pulling away from people all the time right and so uh, for me, how, how can I help somebody like that who's not a speedster, right? I had a kid when, when we first started training. He was he was running a 4.8, right? But his but his routes were just like, oh my god! Like if he's a four eight, that I mean his DB. If you if you're not knowing football, you would think this DB got to be a five flat because this kid is killing these guys on his route, right? Well, he now runs a four four nine four five flat, but still a route magician. Um, by the name of Ricky Gonzalez, he'll be going them next year. But, um, so for those guys that, that aren't the pieces, right, you have to be able to run around. Um, and then you have to master what you do and what you are good at, right? So, when you, when you see what you're good at, and then when you know what you're not good at, yes, you want to work on what you're not good at as well, but you need to be able to master what you are good at. And then, once you master that, then you start mastering the other things, the other intangibles that you might not have that some people have. Like I played this year, but like I played college ball, I played arena ball, right? And I, I mean, I'm only five nine and a half and three quarters or whatever. But you got to give me my half. But um, yeah, I, I was I was never the tallest guy, right? Coming out of high school and all this other stuff. But I still was able to play four years of college football on the scholarship, right? Um, I went to a B one my first year, and then I wanted to one to a B two, where I, I also ran track. As well, um, but I had to be able to run routes because I was shorter than everybody else. So it wasn't until I started getting a lot of explosive, more explosive, I was able to jump up and get the ball. And, and what, now they say ball head, yeah, uh, but we called it moss. I mean, you get moss back in the day, yeah, right. Um, so until I was able to start being able to, to go up and moss people, and I had to be able to run routes, right? I had to be able to get open. So you have to master the art of hey, I'm not the fastest guy. But I guarantee you, you won't be able to guard me because my route is going to be that good. I'm going to get in and out of my brakes so crisp that you'll think that it was a bullet shooting out of a gun. Right? That's how fast I'm going to come off the line of scrimmage. That's how fast I'm going to get in and out of my brakes. And you're going to look. I'm going to be going one way and you're going to be going the other way. Because I got in. Boom. I dropped my hips down. And you kept running.
0: You say drop your hips. Now, elaborate specifically on that. Like, what, what exactly does that mean as far as the terminology?
1: So, so, so for example, um, when you're running a curl or a yeah. comeback, right, yeah. you, can't, you can't run these routes standing straight up because the DB, he's looking at your hips. He's looking at all of that. So when you sink your, you're sinking your hips, you're dropping your hips low to, to break down, right? And not everybody can do that on full speed like that. There's a there's a few really, really good guys that are good at that. Like like Devontae Adams, right? You look at him, he can get in and out of some breaks and some cuts in two to three steps. The average high school kid who, who doesn't train like that, for certain routes, they're going to take four steps to get out of the curl. They're yeah. going to take four to five steps to get out of the curl. But, so what I tell guys is by the time you get to college, you'll be able to do it in two steps. You'll be able to do it in three steps like the pros do, so you, you, you just keep working on that, and it's, and it's all of it, it's, it's being able to drop your weight, essentially. So, having all that weight and being able to drop it, and, and being under control, the biggest thing is being under control. Because when you're running around full speed, and it's hard, and obviously, if, if you run through a brick wall, running full speed, what? You're going to hurt yourself. So naturally, if you're running full speed and you just suddenly stop, that's when you be bad on your knees. So when you know how to control your weight, you know how to control your body, and you know how to drop and control all that, um, when you're doing that, then that's what I mean by like dropping your
0: hips and, and getting lower. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's um, extremely crucial, you know, um, because like you said, DBs, look at your hips, you know, they watch that, you know, and so when you're able to break in and out of those, um, those cuts and those routes, um, you know, with your hips low and um, just that, Create that cushion separation. Now, when you're going up against those DBs that you know that are the more physical, bigger guys, like maybe your Jalen Ramsey's or you know your um, you know, I'm trying to think another example. He's really like my main one I could think of, but those bigger physical corners, you know. And so, how 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 would a receiver, you know, uh, if he's how how would he win win his matchups? You know, because I know that's a tough game because usually they press, they're physical, they're gonna jam you. Um, you know, so how, what is your your method as far as training to go up against those bigger DBs?
1: So one thing about a, a bully, right? When I look at DBs as bullies. One thing about a bully is a bully don't like to get hit in the mouth. That's the same thing with a DB. They don't want to get hit either. They want to be the ones. they're like, I'm on defense. I'm supposed to be the aggressor. Right? So I tell guys on offense, hey, just because you're on offense don't mean you can't hit somebody. So it's going to take one time for a DB to come to the line and when he shoots his hand thinking he's going to get in your chest, you shoot your hand quicker. And you get in his chest. You push him off you and then do what you got to do to release off the line. And then when you go away from the physical aspect of it, now I just had a kid text me a minute ago asking about him getting off the line, right? So it's going to be rapid fire, right, off the line of your feet. Quick feet, right? Quick feet, being able to shift your body, being able to recreate the line of scrimmage. I talk about that a lot, recreate the line of scrimmage. Um, then you got, there's, there's people that do like the slide step. They do a slide to the side, and then they, then they get you, right? You re, you're recreating the line of scrimmage or where you want to go. You have to threaten the DB, right? So the DB is in that gray zone with, with between one and three yards, right? He's in that gray zone where he should be pressing and putting his hands on you because obviously there's no way to press without putting hands on you. But if you're coming down to press and you don't press, right, then that's me recreating me threatening you coming at you first and then making a move because if i'm dancing behind the line of scrimmage you're just going to sit there patiently you're not i'm not, I'm not a threat to you right? so you have to get up on the db make him get getting his comfort getting his comfort zone and make him uncomfortable um so just being able to get off the line quick 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 because the quickest man off the line remember you know where you're going the db doesn't know where you're going and he's going backwards so you can't tell me that a man running backwards is going faster than you run forward. So he's getting on his heels a whole lot quicker, making him feel threatened is how you, you combat that, you master that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I like what you alluded to there. Um, the fact that DB doesn't know where you're going, but you do. You know the routes you're running, he doesn't know that. Um, all he knows is, you know, what, you know, what he's supposed to do. And to do his job and make sure you don't get to where it is you're going, um, you know, and get the football but it's it's tough man, because of guys like that you know um mm-hmm. those- physical corners you know you know those big corners Xavier howard ramsey um those guys like that patrick Sertan, another one up there um you know mm-hmm. like uh it's 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 tough, but you know um it, it can be done so um now moving on to that point you know how would, you know moving to a grander football aspect uh what would you say, especially now you know as as athletes when they trans- transition from that high school to collegiate level, um, the importance of the team first mentality because you know at that at the lower level of high school, maybe middle school, wherever you, it's not guys got egos, right? You know they think they're the right. stuff. <laughs> you know, you know this. Uh, um, absolutely. But when you make that transition to to college, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a team first thing. So speak on that from the coach. So for me,
1: um and this should be team person high school too right well, it but, should be. For, but for me i tell guys it's okay to be selfish but be selfish in a team concept because mm. what i mean by that is selfishly if i say i'm not losing this rep right i'm gonna win every rep regardless if i'm getting the ball or not yeah. i'm gonna run every route like i'm getting the ball i'm gonna block every play like the running back is coming to my side so when you you're selfish it's about you Right? It's not about the defense. Right? It's not about the guy that's guarding you because guess what? You're gonna be out here with me for 60 minutes, you're gonna have a long day. So, selfishly, I don't wanna lose, which means I gotta block you hard every time we run the ball. Selfishly, I don't wanna lose. That means I gotta win every single rep. And if I'm selfishly doing all of that, me being the better me is gonna make the team better. And if you have 11 people on, the, on each side of the ball saying I'm gonna be selfish in a team concept because I'm not gonna lose. I have too much pride, too much ego to lose. So no matter what the play is, no matter what I got my assignment is, I'm not gonna lose. That's me being selfish because I care about me. I care about me not losing this rep. I care about me winning every rep, every route, every fifty fifty ball, every everything. That's selfish but in a team concept. Because I'm being selfish, right? because if i, I want to make myself better because if i make myself better that means i need the team better right so if i have 11 people that's like yo i'm being selfish because i want to make the team better man you can't lose like that and we actually won a state championship my junior year because we had a bunch of selfish people on the team everybody was like i gotta win i gotta win and everybody had that attitude and that's why we wanted to win the state championship nicely
0: yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, and, and like that turn you put on it, you know, um selfish but in a team concept, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna win this rep, you know, um I'm like, you know, I'm gonna get after you this whole game, you know, this I'm I'm winning, you know. Um this just yeah. that mindset right there. Like you said, if everybody has that mindset they play on one accord to that um overall concept then yeah, you you know, the sky's the limit, you know. Um so I, sure. I just yeah, I wanted to get your mind on that because again, you know, it at a younger age, yeah, I mean, they're it's, it's not thinking like that. You know, they're thinking, right. yeah, like, I'm the stuff, man, you know, give me the ball and this, this and that, you know. Not I a mean, team concept at all. Not a team concept, you know, and then that's where, you know, you well, you lose games like that, you know. Um, okay. And you, it, it, things happen that, that you don't want to happen. So, um, and even in the, in, in the NFL, sometimes, you know, you have some players like that, locker room cancer is what they call it, right? For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, but yeah, real quick, and then speaking off that note, you know, how do you deal with guys like that in the room? I mean, when I mean, ha- when you do have those scenarios where everybody's not on that t- fir- team first, um, you know, selfish concept, um, and they're just me, 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 but not for the team, how do, you, how do you handle that as a coach? So I know it's
1: a little different. When you, once you get to um, the NFL, it's a little different, right? You're dealing with GMs, you're dealing with agents, right? So I think, I think it's a little different on that level how you handle it. But once you establish a culture um, of what, what you're going to accept and not going to accept, um, like Nick Saban, right? You can't, you can't tell me that there's not a single kid in the history of Alabama football that hasn't came in there and has been a locker room champion. But you know how he handles it? We never even hear about it, Because he'll, he'll let you know, if, hey, if that's how you are, Cause you don't belong here. I'll go find somebody else. And if, For me, nobody's bigger than the team, right? Nobody's bigger than the goal. I will not. I would rather lose and not have you play than to win and let you cause problems for the team. And we had a guy that when I was in college, um, <laughs> ironically it was my cousin. Um, but but do 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 have some have some, have some issues. Um, but I I supported him family. Yeah. But the same thing is like, bro, like you're not bigger than the team though. Like, you know, uh and, and we had we had we had they they got it under control eventually. Um but just nobody's bigger than the team. And the reason that I bring up the NFL, uh, is because those guys are those they don't draft they don't typically draft those guys when people do their homework, Right. And they don't typically find those guys when people do their homework. Now, everybody wants to win the Super Bowl, obviously, but I mean, who's gonna pay somebody forty million dollars, that's a locker room chance that nobody else wants to play with? Nobody. You I think mean, the team's gonna be divided. And then you get to you get the college, then yeah, that's up to the college coach to say, you know what, I'm not gonna recruit that kind of player. And if that's the kind of player that he changes once he gets here, then I'm just gonna let him go. Because a lot of people don't realize that 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 college scholarship is like a year to year basis. not a four year contract. You know what I mean? That's not a four year contract, that's a year to year contract. He signed that contract every year, every summer and camp um, for your for your scholarship. Um, so you're not doing what you're supposed to do? They're just going to recruit somebody else to come and replace you. And then in the high school level, um, it's a little more political. right? Uh, you got who? what parent is donating the most money to the school? Um, what parent is coming up there and sitting at every practice? What parent is calling the head coach every day? So it's a lot more political in high school and middle school. Ball. Um, but college, they'll just recruit somebody to replace you. And in the NFL, you
0: would think that they just wouldn't sign that money for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it, it's, <laughs> it's important to have everybody on the same accord. think we can, um, you know, gather that, um, you know, from, from the grand scheme of things. So um, now, moving on to a different note, Coach. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Who are your top five receivers in the league right now, um, in order? I just want to hear yours. I'm oh, in curious. order? Yes, in order. No, I know man. it's a tough one, man, but no. you got to have to throw it out there.
1: I got you. In order. Um, man, I'm i going to use Justin Jefferson
0: fan. Me too. Um,
1: so he definitely got to be in my top five. But number one, uh, man, you got to go Devontae Adams. Um, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson, as number two. Tyreek Hill, number three. Um who else? Who else? Who am I gonna put? Who else is my four and a five? That's tough.
0: That's tough. You got um, Stephon Diggs. You got tomorrow. Chase. I forgot about
1: Diggs. I'm tripping. Stephon Diggs is definitely. I give him number four. I forgot about him. And then I got one more. Where's my man named Durant?
0: Cup. Cooper Cup. He's a beast.
1: Cooper Cup, and I I give him that that on So you got Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, uh, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek
0: Hill, and I like Cooper Cup. Okay. Okay. All right. That's that's. I like some... I
1: like, like, like Tyreek Hill, um, but I am a I am a stick with some, like route runners. Yeah. Tyreek Hill is not really a route runner. So, now don't get me wrong; he can run some routes. He don't run rough like Stephon did, Justin Jefferson, you rock me out. Oh like, no, even, yeah, I watch a lot of <laughs> film. He <laughs> don't run rough like those dudes. And then, and then Cooper Cup, man, like, dude is just, a, he's just a problem, like, year after year, he's just a problem. Um and coming from Eastern Washington, a little small school, like, who would have thought that he would have blocked him the way he did? You know what I mean? So I like, I like Cooper Cup. Yeah,
0: that's a good list. Um, for me, yeah, I would have to say, um, definitely. Actually, I have, I have Justin Jefferson over Devontae in my list. But yeah, Justin Jefferson, like I said, amazing route runner, great hands. He's he's just electrifying. Um, Devontae Adams, same thing. Close behind him with that. Um, you know, um, and Duke can catch. He can catch. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'll put Stephon Diggs at three, um, mm-hmm. four. Tyreek Hill. Um, and yeah. then my fifth spot, man, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with Cooper Cup there. Same with you. Um, and then yeah. I say uh, an honorable mention would be um, as early as, as, as it is in his career, Jamar Bingo. Chase. Who? Jamar Chase. Oh, yeah, from Bingham. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I mean, he's, he's great, you know, yeah. um, and I just he's, – he's still young. Oh, that's yeah. why, you know, I'm, I'm keeping him uh, right there, but, you know. Yeah, he's um that's 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 my list, so.
1: No, so who's your all time
0: favorite you? Uh, <laughs> you don't gonna stop like that coach. All time uh, favorite. All time favorite, man. I mean that's that that is a hard question because I have a lot of them. Um but i am saying my favorite more some hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> that's my hey,
1: that's mine.
0: Okay, um, uh, you know, I say my all time favorite would have to be, um, it, even though his career was short lived, um, I'm have to say Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. I, 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 I'm
1: from Detroit, so okay, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still in Lions fan, um, <laughs> even though I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan too, like, I'm both, I grew up on both because very, I, I was in Little League, I played running back, so Barry Tanner to Emmett Smith were my two favorite okay. running backs as a kid, okay. Um, so I always was like, when the Lions was on, like I'm glued in. When the Cowboys was on, I'm glued in. But now, I'm older. Everybody, you get this debate. They talk about teams. Like, How you got two teams? I'm like, because it's been like that since I was like six, and I'm not dancing for no So hey. <laughs> I'm a big Lions and Cowboys fan. But yeah, Megatron, most Japanese. I was like a hero, man, when he was in his prime, when he played. So yes. But yeah, Randy Moss is mine.
0: my favorite. Hey, you know what? That's... That is a great pick right there. He was amazing too. Yeah. Um, you know him, Jerry. I mean, Yeah, I mean, just you know, we 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 been blessed to have seen some great receivers come through uh, oh, this yeah. game. Sure. Um, you know, and they have changed the game. Um, you know, and then these guys coming up now, um, you know, they're continuing to also evolve the game in different ways too. So it's just fun oh, to totally. see that. Um, you know, so. Um. But moving on, man, to our last little uh part here, um. How would you do you think social media coach has become a problem um in the recruiting process or should we say like a distraction or or since talk about that because it is something that you know i really have noticed um you know since it kind of gave way here uh, you know so to talk about your opinion on that in the recruiting process i think
1: i think it made things a little easier um so the 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 good and the bad of social media, right, like I just had this conversation with one of my best friends a minute ago. Um, a lot of people use, because on social media for some people, you can be whoever you want to be, right? But with the younger generation now, it's more about accepting, right? So you get the people that, that'll make a post that they're transferring to a high school, right? Like the college kids, will jump in the pool, right? You'll get kids that say, "Oh, I'm about to go play for this little league And They make a whole post about it, or you make, or they'll they'll get invited to a camp, and then they make a whole post about which camp they're going to. Instead of just, "All right, cool," and going and just doing it, it they they need everybody to know everything that they're doing. Right, right. right. So I think that that, and again, I'm am I'm, I'm 38, so I'm a little old school in the regards of the recruiting game. Um, but I had to. I had to adjust and adapt because I help with recruiting right. as well as the scouting and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of had to adapt. So I, Although I understand it, some of the stuff I don't agree with, but I understand it. Um, but I think it made things a lot easier because now who who doesn't spend at least in total an hour a day on the phone? Right? Who doesn't? Okay. And it's, that's whether you just searching for five minutes come back, you are on social media for 10 minutes, you come back, you watching TikTok for another five minutes, all the minutes don't add up, right? Yeah. So, for a college coach, it's the same thing. Yeah, they are busy, but he got to pick up and call his wife. He got to text his wife at some point. He going to check an email at some point, and while he's doing that, hey, why not hop over on Twitter? to message this kid that I want to get to come to my school because it's that much easier. I don't got to call. I don't got to look for his phone number. I don't got to look for his high school coach's number. I don't got to look for his parents' number. I don't have to send him a letter in the mail that's going to take four days to get there. I can just get on Twitter, go to his page, and shoot him a DM. That takes 35 seconds, 40 seconds. And now I can start building a relationship with this kid that I want to recruit to come to my school. I think social media is a beautiful thing when used correctly. Yeah, correct. Right. When it's used correctly, it's, a, it's amazing, right? It's, it's amazing what you can do with it. Um, so although some stuff, like I said, I don't agree with it because I think I think people do a lot of things to clout. And I'm not a big clout-chasing type of person. I'm not a big, oh, I got to be accepted type of person. But again, that's our generation. They thrive I walk off of acceptance. Um, I need everybody to like me I, I leave. Like, I had this conversation with my son. My son is 13. And um, yeah, he had trouble at school. Right, I'm gonna put him on blast. Um, he got in trouble at school, I'm like, man, like what are you doing? Like, what is the problem? He plays football, he runs track. he's in the choir. And so he's like, Dad, like, I'm the most popular kid in my school and I'm like, I don't care. Like, that doesn't give you the right to go be a clown, right? And so he was like, Man, like, I just want everybody to like me. And he's thirteen telling me this. just want everybody to like me. I want everybody to think I'm cool. Like that's why I was I was cracking jokes in class when I should have been quiet. Because everybody was laughing, I want everybody to, to accept me is what he was pretty much saying. And so he's not the only one that feels like that at 13. So yeah. it's intensified when these kids get to high school. Mm-hmm. Because I see my friend just posted he got an offer. And then my other friend just posted he got an offer. Man, I didn't get anything. I didn't get anybody liking my post, right? Oh, let me make a post that I just talked to this college coach and he invited me to camp. After a great conversation with this coach, I will be attending such and such camp this summer. You don't have to do that. I mean, who? nobody really cares that you're attending a camp but the camp that you're going to. There's no other college coach, I don't think, in the country that's going to say, oh, we're going to University of Texas camp, we got to get him over here to Alabama. Right. <laughs> I don't think no college coach is really doing that. I mean, they, they would hope you're going to camp, and they would like you to come to their camp, but I don't think that they care that you posted that you're coming to their camp or not. Yeah. I mean, they care that you're coming, and if you give them your word, then I'm coming. You making a post about it is not a big deal, in, in my opinion. Now, I would never knock the kids for doing it at all, um, because again, that's the, the age that we're in right now. Everything has to be put on social media, so it is what it is. I don't judge kids for doing it. Um, I I understand it. Might not always agree with some of the things that are posted, but I understand it. Yeah. But um, so no, I don't think I don't think. So long story short, no, I don't think recruiting. Um, you're putting stuff on social media that you're not supposed to. Like I know a kid who got off was pulled because he decided to smoke and somebody recorded it and posted it on their social media. And this kid was getting a lot of offers. and he was smoking weed on, on social media. On his smoking weed, they were recording it for Snapchat and he wanted up making his way to Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he lost all his offers, he had five offers, he lost all his offers. Um, so yeah, in that, in that regard, it hurt big time. But again, when you use it correctly,
0: yeah like a lot of things if you use them correctly it can it can benefit you if you use them incorrectly, it can hurt you um For so sure. social media definitely being one of those things I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and now was a, uh you know, I appreciate that answer coach but um yeah so overall yeah uh it it, it that's the age we live in now um it's only going, going to continue to grow and and evolve so uh, it's something that definitely you know just you just do the right thing so but coach i appreciate you coming on the podcast today giving us your insight on these particular um things right here and um you know tell us a little bit about your podcast and where we can find you guys
1: so man so we've actually taken a break man we've been so busy um you got me like i'm all over the place um, um whether it's going to a college or meeting with somebody or i'm at work because i'm a full-time firefighter so whether i'm at work or i'm training or we're always doing something and then my best friend he uh, he's a high school coach. Um, he's the office of coordinator, and then I mean he has he had his family, and he's a police officer for uh, San Francisco PD. And then my other friend, he's a full-time father, got full time father, has four kids, his daughter, and he is in the airport down in Florida. Right. And so life, like we were, we were doing it like twice a month. And we was like, okay, let's start doing it once a month. Let let the people keep getting hungry for it, and then like, man, life just started happening. We just got really busy. Um, but we're, we're going to pick it back up towards the end of the summer. Um, and it's three sides to the game. So you can follow us on Twitter, three sides to the game on Twitter. Um, or you can follow myself, DKM, the word one, the number three, uh, on Twitter. Um, but yeah, three sides to the game. It's me, Mike, and my boy LG. Uh, we do it. It's more, it's not just sports related. We talk about life, we talk about parenthood, and then we talk about sports. And we argue about sports. We all have three different things, hence <laughs> three sides to the game.
0: Yeah, I like that. Okay, cool. Uh, well, yeah, thanks uh, for that. And you guys can yeah, check him out there. Um, And, again, yeah, Coach Miller, uh, you know, just yeah, talk, coming on the podcast today, talking some ball with us. We appreciate it, Coach, and, um, you yes, know, sir. we wish the best of luck to you.
1: Yes, sir, man. Anytime, man. I appreciate the invite, man. Thank you so much.
0: Of course. Well, you have a great rest of your day, Coach, all right? Yes, sir, you too. All right, man. All right, man.